Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody, once again. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you and yours on this pre-Christmas broadcast of our podcast as we get set to go against the spread on the NFL and college football bowl games as we have them up in front of us at this time. And with that, I'm going to welcome our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports into the show. And Victor, I hope you're all set for Christmas and also for a winning weekend this week as well. Absolutely, Mark. Happy holidays to everybody. You know, with the NBA season starting last night on Tuesday night, we've got four different sports in which we can uh, play our holiday money. That's very, very exciting. A good weekend for us. It was our uh, actually our best Sunday of the season in the NFL as our King Creole service went a perfect 4-0 and in over-under nice. plays. That included uh, three-star over the total, Jacksonville versus Baltimore. We did hit our five-star game of the month in the NFL, Chiefs and Saints over the total. A couple of under-winners, uh, the New England-Miami game down here in South Florida. We were on the under in that one as we were in the Jets-Rams game as well. So a, a very good overall Sunday for us. Profitable week in the totals tip sheet. Tuco wins again. It's a fantastic NFL schedule this coming week. But before we get into that, I'm sure we want to uh, talk about some of the bowl oddities in 2020. Yeah, and there certainly are some bowl oddities, to say the least, Victor, with this COVID crisis that we're faced with. And uh, I can say this to start the show. The thing that I learned this week in putting the college football bowl games together for this week's playbook newsletter and our special edition midweek alert bowl stat report. And just a quick note here that we will not be publishing the bowl stat report in the same format that we usually do this year due to the COVID situation. But instead, we are incorporating a lot of the bowl stat report uh, items into the midweek alert on a weekly basis. This week's midweek alert due out this Thursday, next week's midweek alert next Thursday, and it will contain college bowl stat reports on every football bowl game from today through the New Year's Day bowl games. Check it out, the midweek alert special edition bowl report online at playbook.com. And when I was putting a lot of that stuff together here this week, uh, you know, obviously another hair-pulling adventure and trying to piece together these teams that are entering into the bowl games, the bowl games that are play, being played, the bowl games that were being canceled, uh, the teams that are opting out. Uh, you know, it's just an obviously a scheduling nightmare for not only those involved with the bowl games themselves, but from a handicapping aspect as well. But the thing that uh, jumped out to me the most is uh, I learned that uh, – Necessity comes from uh, absolutely having to fulfill an obligation. And an obligation in this case, one, for us to do our bowl stat report, which we're going to do, and number two, for these bowl bowls themselves to have to fill these bowl games with uh, teams that want to play. And things are so bad this year in the college bowl season that, incredibly, there was a 2-8 and eight team that was invited and accepted a bowl game this year. Two and eight 
team. I mean, it's atrocious to see something like that. And I can only say, thankfully, that that bowl team has since opted out of the bowl game, obviously, for maybe for COVID reasons, but maybe to save face. I don't know what, but it was South Carolina mm-hmm. uh, who opted out of their, of their bowl game. And uh, all I can say is thank goodness. And uh, now we're down to tackling some teams that can play and will be there. But I think there's still, Victor, I know you've commented to me before the show, there's still a handful of teams in bowl games that have losing records nonetheless. You know, like uh, 10 years from now, when you're trying to explain this wacky 2020 bowl season to your uh, kids or your grandkids, uh, how, how are you going to talk about it? Uh, uh, hey, Junior, remember the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl? Well, actually, in 2020, it was played in Texas. Uh-huh. And uh, so was the New Mexico Bowl. The state of California had no bowl games whatsoever. A bunch of bowls were canceled, like the Sun Bowl. Gasparilla, Independence, Guaranteed Rate, Military, Hawaii, Birmingham Bowl. Uh, On a side note, my favorite new bowl name, Mark, is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. It sounds kind of cute, but if you actually think about it, a giant bowl filled with mayonnaise, it kind of sounds a little bit disgusting. And I think in that case, you might say something like... uh, Hold the mayo or something like that, right? Yeah, hold the mayo is good, Victor. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, many teams just completely stopped their seasons, declined the bowl game. You mentioned South Carolina, Tennessee, uh, Nebraska, a team which basically had whined for months uh, like a spoiled four-year-old about wanting to play games. And then, like you just covered, Mark, the fact that there are seven losing teams in the bowls, including three and seven Mississippi State, three and seven Arkansas. On a side note, the SEC has ten teams in the bowls. The next highest conference would be six teams in the bowls. Uh, you mentioned South Carolina was almost in as well, but declined. So really, really a a, a wacky year. Only two Pac-12 teams are going to be going bowling. The First bowl game was played, what, two days after the last regular season games? Yep. And only one day after the full bowl lineup was announced. And then in that first bowl game, they made us watch a bad North Texas team, which basically nearly ruined the bowl season for everybody. But anyway, uh, I digress a little bit. In the database, since we're talking about losing teams in bowls, you know, uh, 500 or worse teams that are pegged as underdog in the bowls have actually done pretty well, folks. In the history of our database, 500 or less dogs and bowls have gone 60 and 42 against the spread. And in the last eight years, they've been actually really, really hot at 65% against the spread. That's 33 and 18 ATS for your uh, 500 or worse underdogs in the bowls. So you may want to take a look at some of those teams that are uh, losing bowl teams uh, playing the season. You know, Victor, you mentioned about the 500 teams and, uh, you know, uh, the deplorable situation of what it is, but it is what it is. And uh, let me throw this number out at you as well, that uh, it was so bad that the only two teams in FBS this season that played games that ended up the year with 500-yard defenses, both were in bowl games. And both also happen to be losing teams. So imagine what it is that you're welcoming to the dance, to the party. Losing teams with 500-yard defenses. One of them was North Texas, who was destroyed earlier against Appalachian State. And the other will be Mississippi. 
in their bowl game. So keep that thought in mind when Mississippi takes the field in their bowl game as well. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, let's shift over to the National Football League side of things. And Victor, before I turn it over to you for a little update of what's happening point spread-wise in the National Football League, uh, one thing that I want to mention here is uh, about what it is that we learned and uh, lots of things that we sometimes look for things that we want to learn oftentimes relate to handicapping the sport itself, but sometimes you come across a number or a stat and you drop your draw, your draw drops. And I came across that this week uh, when I was reading into the USA Today. Nate Davis does a terrific job of handling the National Football League, covering the NFL for USA Today. And each week he recaps what he calls his power rankings uh, by a week-by-week basis with a little comment synopsis by Nate Davis. And uh, the one that floored me this week was you can trash him all you want, Lamar Jackson. He's not your prototypical quarterback in the NFL. He doesn't look pretty throwing the ball. But he has his team in position once again to crash through and make the playoffs this football season. And the stat that jumped out that he put in the USA Today was the fact that in his career, Lamar Jackson has... 43 touchdown passes and zero interceptions in the red zone. Wow. That's pretty strong. 43-0 in the red zone for Lamar Jackson, which tells us that he really doesn't throw the ball a lot in the red zone. He uses his feet to find the end zone. But nonetheless, that's a pretty strong stat. So if you're playing in-game wagering, you might want to keep that stat in mind if Baltimore makes the postseason this year. And with that, Victor, what in the National Football League did you uncover of what happened last week. Well, first off, from a totals perspective, uh, overs made a little bit of a nice rebound last week. As we talked about in last week's podcast, uh, there were five consecutive weeks in which there were more unders than overs in the NFL, and that kind of came to a screaming halt last week. Ten overs, six unders, the average of 51.8 points per game last week in the NFL. That was the highest average since way back in week four. And as a result of that 10-6 and over-under record, we're basically back to square one again on the season in the NFL. 110 overs, 111 unders, three ties. We're right down the middle again. It was also a very good rebound week for the underdogs in the NFL as the doggies went 10-5-1 against the spread including, here's a good one, a perfect 6-0 and last week for all divisional underdogs. They played it close to the vest. They brought home the bacon, 6-0 and for the division dogs. And here we are again, year-to-date numbers in the NFL, 124-93-3 for all underdogs this season. That is 57% on the blind, and it's uh, those are dynamic numbers, of course, I've got the best two road dog and home dog situations that you may want to take a look at this particular weekend. Uh, Road dogs, here's a 27 and 12 against the spread out of our database for all road dogs taking on losing opponents. And there are three of those road dogs this week in that 27 and 12 situation. Denver plus the points against the Chargers, Carolina plus the points against Washington, and Cincinnati plus the points against a losing Houston Texans team. And finally, Mark, best situation for home underdogs this year, 14-2. and two. 
since November 1st for all NFL home dogs off a division game. And that actually applies to three dogs this week as well. The Las Vegas Raiders catching points against the Dolphins. Pittsburgh, now a rare home underdog against Indianapolis. And finally, New England as a home dog against Buffalo on Monday night. But again, a very, very good week for the doggies overall. Yes, it was a good week. The dogs were barking in the NFL last week, and we'll be talking about that Pittsburgh Steeler game this week with Indianapolis. That's going to be our featured NFL game of the week uh, when we get to that. And just before we do so, Victor, a quick recap on where teams stand in the National Football League playoff race. It's getting down to the wire. Two more weeks to go. A quick review of the seeds. Number one, same as last week, Kansas City in the AFC, Green Bay in the NFC. The number two seeds, the Buffalo Bills, have climbed all the way up to the number two seed. Nice. And New Orleans also number two in the NFC side. And wouldn't it be Buffalo's luck that uh, if they land in the number two seed, that for the first time, that number two seed will not get a bye this year, this year because they expanded the playoffs to seven teams. The number three seeds, the aforementioned Pittsburgh Steelers, clinging and hanging on in the AFC, the Seattle Seahawks over in the NFC. Number four seeds, the high-scoring Tennessee Titans and the Washington football team, representing the NFC least this year, the Washington football team. Number five seeds, the Cleveland Browns and the L.A. Rams. Number six seeds, the Indianapolis Colts, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Number seven seeds, Miami Dolphins and Arizona Cardinals. And knocking on the door, number eight seed, Baltimore Ravens, who I talked about, Lamar Jackson, who I still think is going to make the playoffs, along with the Chicago Bears and the NFC side of things. The number nine seeds, Las Vegas and Minnesota, and rounding things out in the NFC. Everybody else in the AFC is eliminated. Rounding things out in the NFC side of things are the three other contending teams in the NFC East Division, Dallas, the New York Giants, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, don't go away, guys. When we come back, we're going to get to our Pittsburgh-Indianapolis game, as I promised. And we'll also be hopping out to Las Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Esco when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Only the Playbook Experts VIP Experience offers We Pay the Juice, Conflict Game Notices, Tokens Bonuses, SMS Alerts, and Genius Game Alerts. It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP membership. All new Playbooks tokens are here. Only at playbook.com can you earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. Simply visit playbook.com and click on the tokens link. It's that easy. That's the all new Playbucks tokens waiting for you at playbook.com. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Thanks a lot, guys. Welcome once again. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to do our National Football League Game of the Week. And we've got a dandy on tap in the AFC in a game that could well be a preview of a possible playoff matchup. That'll take place in Pittsburgh, where the Steelers play host to the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. Victor, how do you see the Colts and the Steelers shaking out in this game? 
What a uh, weird game, a weird game from a point spread perspective and even from an over-under perspective. You know, uh, Andy may say something about the look-ahead line in this game, which was what, Pittsburgh minus three or Pittsburgh minus three and a half about 10 days ago. And lo and behold, you take a look up at the point spread right now and Pittsburgh is actually a one and a half point home underdog against the Colts. A pretty big reaction from lines makers off Pittsburgh's double-digit uh, Monday night home, uh, road loss against the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, very interesting line swing in terms of the point spread. And even the over-under as well. It opened at 46. Uh, this morning as we record the podcast, I'm seeing pretty strong 45s. There's a couple of 44 and a halfs in this game. And by now, you know me, I'm about value, uh, finding value in the line. And I think there's great value in this game, not under the total, over the total. You know, if this game between the Colts and the, um, the Steelers was played like beginning of November, six weeks ago, the over-under line in this game would be somewhere around 49 to 50 points. All of a sudden, we're down to 45, in some cases, 44 and a half. I mentioned this six weeks ago. I'm not impressed by the Indianapolis defense at all. They're still kind of riding the coattails of the first month of the season in which they allowed 11 or less points in three of their first four games of the season. So their defensive statistics are still skewed based on that first month of the season. They've done virtually nothing on defense since. And you may even touch on this on your aspect, Mark, of the game, but they've been torched via the air. In four of their last five games, Indianapolis has allowed 300 or more passing yards, including each of their last three games. So if you're, if Ben Roethlisberger is looking for a team to break out of his slump win, we've got a tailor made opponent here with the Colts. The Colts were eight and six over under in the season, three and four at home. However, their road games, five and two over under, 51.7. Combined points per game in Indianapolis road games. They've had five straight games in a row with a high over-under line of 51 or more points. And this one has dropped a full seven points just about. So they're, again, uh, another reason there is some significant value. Is it a linesmaker overreaction? Well, in this case, it's probably a linesmaker underreaction. As road favorites of six or less, the Colts have gone 50. 15 and 3 to the over when the over underline is also 50 or less. Uh, good situation for the Colts, the Steelers. Uh, if this were a road game, we'd probably be going the other way. We know what the Steelers are like when they're playing on the road. But at home, they've still gone 4 and 3 over under the season, 47.0 combined points per game. Not to mention the fact that the series here, the last four between the Colts and the Steelers, played in Pittsburgh, have all gone over the total. A gaudy average of 58.8 combined points per game. And this is one of those situations, Mark, where sharp betters, whether it is point spread or over under, are proactive. They are not reactive. And a lot of people will probably be going under the total, reacting to the Steelers' difficulties. Look, I know they haven't cracked 20 points in the last month of play. However, if you actually query that in the database, you find a 14-2. and two. NFL underdogs of less than six points 
who scored less than 20 points in each of their last four games, 14-2 and two to the over, when the over-under line is 44 or more points. Uh, last week, Indianapolis was home against uh, Houston. It was a high over-under line of 52.5 points. The game went under the total. Already this season in the NFL, 7-1 and one to the over, all teams off a division home under in which the over-under line was 52 or more points. We've got more situations out of the database that are all pointing to this game going over the total. And it's a game in which we can kind of feel out or ride out the over-under line move. It might even go down into the 44, 43-and-a-half range. Either way, Mark, I love the value with the over in this particular game. I think Roethlisberger breaks out of his slump. And there were a few signs that he did that even on Monday night in that game against Cincinnati. You know, they had a two-play drive in which they went 80 yards, basically. A screen pass to Claypool, and then he found Deontay Johnson for an easy touchdown. So Pittsburgh can still score. They're back at home. We love the value. The line should be somewhere around 48 to 50 points. It's currently at 45. Mark, we're going over the total with the Colts Steelers. Victor loves the value in the football game between the Colts and the Steelers. He's hopping over the total in that contest. And as I mentioned earlier, this indeed looks to be one of these football games that could possibly be a preview of two teams meeting in the upcoming NFL football playoffs. Victor hit on it. The Indianapolis Colts defense, which was ranked number one in the NFL at the midway point of the season, is now number seven overall. They've been out yarded in three of the last four football games. And if you take a look here in their last three games, they've allowed 425, 424, and 398 yards. This is a football team that is slipping rather than gaining at the wrong time of the football season journeying into Pittsburgh this Sunday. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, they are in a what I would call a Tom Petty mode. They are free-falling right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers. After starting out 11-0 to begin the football season, they're on an 0-3 straight-up and ATS losing slide entering this game. In fact, only four times has the Pittsburgh Steelers lost four football games in a row under head coach Mike Tomlin. It's a very rare situation for the Pittsburgh Steelers to have to be in this particular weekend. Coming into this football game, the Pittsburgh Steelers also have scored fewer than 20 points each of their last four games in a row. That's the first time it's ever happened in Ben Roethlisberger's career. And the only time it happened was in his rookie season in 2004, when, by the way, Pittsburgh reached the AFC title game that particular year. You have in Pittsburgh here a team in a mighty value situation as a home underdog. Mike Tomlin, 9-20, or I should say 9-2-4 against a spread as a home dog off a loss. Big Ben himself, 8-2-1 to the spread, taking points at home. With the Colts 0-5 to the number against AFC North teams and Pittsburgh 6-0-1 to the number against AFC South teams, this collision comes together at Pittsburgh in what I call Three Rivers Stadium, which now is now Heinz Field. But the bottom line here is Pittsburgh, the home dog in the game, the value to the Steelers. I'll be on the Pittsburgh Steelers in this football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas to check out the Vegas Five to find out what's going on in Vegas this week on this very hectic Christmas weekend. And Andy, with that, I'm going to wish you a happy holiday and I hope 
everything goes well for you between now and the first of the new year. Well, thanks, Mark. And of course, I'd like to wish you, the family, all the listeners, Victor's family, etc., all those connected with the podcast, uh, the happiest of holiday seasons, happiest and healthiest and safest of New Year's as well, as uh, we are finally putting an end to what has been the most unusual uh, sports year in the uh, in history, probably not just recent memory of 2020 and looking forward to better things and maybe a more stabilized and more of a routine or normalized 2021 that'll get underway just within the next 10 days. We certainly hope so, Andy, as we alluded to earlier on the show, just to tell you how odd this season has been. We even had a two and eight team invited to a bowl game and accepted the bid, then opted out, that being South Carolina. So uh, hopefully uh, things will get back to the norm by next football season, but we'll deal with what's in front of us right now as the National Football League is coming down to the stretch two weeks to go in the NFL side of things. And uh, before I hand it over to you, I want to remind our listeners that I'm visiting with Andy Yesko from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, publisher of one of the finest football newsletters in the country. If you haven't seen his newsletter, I encourage you to log on now at TheLogicalApproach.com to get your hands on Andy's football news that are just in time for the bowl games and the NFL as well. And I mentioned, Andy, that we are down to the final two weeks of the National Football League season, and that means that there's somebody inching closer and closer to some pretty big money in the two major contests in Las Vegas. So if you will, if you do the honors, I'll hand it over to you for an update of the Superbook and Circuit Contests. Uh, sure thing, Mark. Before, before I begin, I do want to mention that... Uh... Uh, the first thing I do in the morning right now, because it's been such a weird year and we're getting down to really the, the entertaining bowl games, I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is I look to see if there have been any cancellation of bowl games. We had the Gasparilla Bowl uh, canceled uh, the other day, and uh, we had some changes in the, uh, I think it was the Liberty Bowl, where Tennessee pulled out and Army comes in. That's an attractive matchup, Army and uh, West Virginia. I'm actually... Looking forward to that one. And then on the NFL, this is we're coming into week 17, and there are a number of teams that have the opportunity to clinch playoff spots or as well clinch division titles. And the reason I mention that is with the added wildcard team this year, you now have six wildcard games on the opening weekend instead of four, meaning that there are two teams that are going to play extra extra games uh, that might normally have a bye week. And those are the number two seeds plus the uh, other teams that come in there. Teams may want to think about resting their players in week 16 and using week 17 as a dress rehearsal for the playoff game as opposed to resting players in week 17 knowing they're going to play the following week. So there are some teams this weekend that can clinch spots in the NFL playoffs and you may want to give some consideration to looking at those teams with the expectation that they may choose week 17 to give their time off with that no extra more teams being affected by no extra week uh, due to a bye week. So getting to the uh, contest, let's start with the Super Contest Classic. Uh, that's the traditional, the uh, father of all uh, contests uh, at the uh, Westgate, $1,500 entry fee five selections a week. The consensus last week uh, was very interesting. There were two uh, correct selections amongst the five top plays, one losing selection, and two teams pushed. Uh, for the year, the consensus 37, 37, and three. There are uh, two weeks in which there were some ties for the uh, fifth most uh, popular selection. The consensus last week, 0, 0, and 1. The one pushed was the, uh, uh, the, the the top play, Kansas City, for the season 7, 6, and 2 
for the consensus. Uh, the uh, Westgate also offers a fourth quarter prize, and currently through three weeks of the uh, final uh, five weeks of the contest, uh, weeks 13 through 17, one contestant is at 13-1-1. One, one. There's another contestant at 13 points and two more at 12.5. The overall contest uh, is uh, getting pretty thinned out at the top. The leader has a record of 49-22-4 and four, uh, with a point for a win and a half point for a push. That works out to a total of 51 out of a possible 75 points for the leader, and that is a 68.0 winning percentage. Uh, that uh, contestant at 51 has a three-game lead over one contestant in second at 48 points. There are two more a half point back at 47 and a half. All in all, there are only 15 contestants within five points of the lead with two weeks remaining. And to be amongst that group of 15, you have to be hitting 61.3%, 46 out of 75 points. Uh, looking a little bit further down, there are a total of uh, 24 contestants in all that are hitting 60% or better this year. And the contest pays 100 places and ties. Right now, it's 43 and a half points. Uh, which is uh, just below uh, 60%. Uh, percent. 45, 45 points is exactly 60%. 43 and a half points have you in the money with uh, 73 contestants currently getting full shares of the, uh, of, the, of the payouts for the respective places. There are 30 more that are tied for the final 27 spots. Uh, those uh, contestants have uh, 42 uh, points. So, uh, so far, uh, the, uh, contest the contest is shaping up as a close finish, but not that many contestants uh, involved. Uh, looking at the Super Contest Gold, that's the $5,000 winner-take-all contest. There are 72 entries uh, this season. Total prize pool going to one contestant of $360,000. The top five consensus picks this week, two and three. That's for the season 42 35 and 1. The top consensus pick this week was Seattle, which in the Westgate contest was minus 5, so they pushed in their uh, win over the uh, Washington football team for the season 8, 5, and 2 by following the top single play in the Super Contest Gold. The leader in the Super Contest Gold has a record of 46, 25, and 4. That's a total of 48 out of a possible 75 points, a 64.0 winning percentage. Of the 72 contestants, only four have managed to maintain a pace of 60% or more, and a total of nine contestants are within five points points of the lead so that would be 43 points or more and that would uh, 43 points means you're hitting 57.3 percent uh, in a uh, rather small field this year of 72 uh, contestants turning to what has become the major contest in las vegas uh, this season the circa million drawing drawing almost 3150 entrants uh, that contest produced a consensus of the top five plays last week going two two and one for the season, the consensus is 40, 34, and 1. Uh, the uh, top play in the consensus last week resulted in a push. It was Kansas City, the Chiefs winning by three, laying three in the contest against the New Orleans Saints. For the season, 7, 7, and 1 for the top consensus plays. The uh, contest itself, there's one leader who has a total of 50 and a half of 75 possible points. 
That's just a shade over uh, 66.7% with a 50 and a half. 50 would be exactly uh, two-thirds. There's one contestant at 50, a half point back. Overall, there are 50 contestants within five points of the lead, 45 and a half to 50 and a half. And uh, that... uh, Uh, means that those uh, contestants currently cashing in the top 50 are hitting just over 60%. Very impressive, 60.7% for the top 50. If you're half point out at uh, 45 points, there are 17 contestants, uh, meaning uh, that there are 67 contestants overall hitting at exactly 60% or better uh, for the uh, season with two weeks remaining. Now the contest that has received a lot of attraction uh, attention. Very attractive contest this year in his first year. The Circus Survivor Contest, a standard King of the Hill, last man standing uh, contest where you pick a straight up winner of a game in the NFL and you can only use that team once throughout the season. And of course, uh, earlier in this season, we had uh, there are actually 17 uh, weeks, but there are 18 con- contest weeks as Thanksgiving Day, the three games on Thanksgiving Day turned out to be two games on Thanksgiving Day with the uh, postponement of the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game, resulting in an additional contest week. Heading into uh, this past week, the NFL Week 15, there were 82 contestants alive, and we had a thinning of the herd this week as there were only 53 contestants who advanced. 29 had losing picks this past week, and of course, remember, you know, after uh, 16 contest weeks, you're down to only half the NFL uh, as far as being able to uh, still be picked. 29 losing selections, meaning that 53 contestants remain heading into the final two weeks of the contest. And it's important to note because in addition to the $1.39 million first place prize, any contestant or contestants who go a perfect 18-0 and 0, uh, share in an additional one million. If there's no, if there's more than uh, just one contestant who uh, has a perfect record and remains alive at the end of the contest, so 53 contestants with two two weeks remaining have an opportunity to uh, share in 2.39 million dollars if they can pick two winners in in uh, over the last two weeks. Of the 29 uh, contestants who were eliminated last week, 16 were eliminated when they took what figured to be the popular choice in the contest, the L.A. Rams against the New York Jets, and of course that upset eliminated those 16 contestants. 12 more were eliminated Monday night when Pittsburgh was upset at Cincinnati, and the 29th contestant was eliminated uh, when they picked San Francisco uh, to win at Dallas, and of course the Cowboys pulled the minor upset in that contest. So 53 remain heading into the final two weeks of the NFL season in the Super Con- in the uh, excuse me, the Circus Survivor Contest. One more thing to know, we've talked about the booby prize, the worst record for making 85 selections uh, is worth $100,000 in the Circa Million. 25 49 and 1 uh, is the uh, uh, is the current uh, leader in that uh, contest uh, with uh, two weeks uh, and a total of 10 picks remaining and there's your contest wrap-up for through week 15 of the NFL season. Andy Isco with the review of exactly what's going on on the two major contests taking place in Las Vegas as we head into the final two weeks of those particular contests. And Andy, I know as we do, and I'm really curious about this because uh, I know that Jay Carnegie puts these look-ahead lines out there each week. And uh, Lots of times in the past, we have not seen look-ahead lines for the final week of the NFL because they're all division games and so much is uh, so much is involved with the playoff positioning. But I see where he did put lines out this week. So if you could do the honors and maybe uh, review with our listeners some of those look-ahead lines to the final week of the NFL football season and any other 
line moves that you've seen from last week to this week? Uh, yeah, there are three, uh, let's see, four, uh, actually five I will talk about as far as, I won't call them necessary line movements, but rather line adjustments based upon what happened in the intervening week since these advanced lines were put up a week ago Tuesday and the games were played this past uh, uh, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I'll begin with uh, the Christmas Day game between Minnesota and New Orleans. Not a huge adjustment, but a significant adjustment because New Orleans, in the advanced wagering that opened last Tuesday, favored by six and a half over uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings. And when that line came down and was put back up on Sunday evening, the adjustment was made across that key number of seven as the Saints were made seven and a half point home favorites. That line has since settled into that key number where the Saints are now seven point favorites. Uh, four other uh, adjustments that are of note. The game last week that we didn't have the line that I, did, I tried getting in touch with you a little bit later, but the podcast had already been posted when they had made the correction. The Saturday night game, which they had originally incorrectly listed from the previous week as Buffalo at Denver, actually Miami at Las Vegas. And the hometown Raiders opened as two-point home favorites in the advance wagering. They were bet down to one and a half when the game was taken off uh, prior to the Thursday night and Sunday night and Sunday games. When the game got reposted Sunday afternoon, the favorite had switched Miami, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite over the stumbling and struggling Raiders, bet since then up to minus three. Indianapolis at Pittsburgh. Prior to last week's action, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had lost two straight after being unbeaten through the first 11, Pittsburgh was a three-point home favorite. Of course, on Sunday, uh, Indianapolis, the visiting team this week, won at Houston, and when that game was reposted, on Sunday evening, uh, Pittsburgh was adjusted down to a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. On Monday night, the game was taken off the board again as Pittsburgh went to Cincinnati, and as I mentioned a moment ago, they were upset by the Bengals when that line came up on uh, Tuesday morning, a significant four-point adjustment. Pittsburgh from a two-and-a-half-point home favorite, Indianapolis favored by one-and-a-half. Chicago at Jacksonville, there was a several-point move here. Chicago had a nice road upset win at Minnesota as a small underdog. Jacksonville lost on the road by 26, getting 10.5 points at Baltimore. The advanced wagering had the Bears opening 3.5, and and they were bet up to 4.5 when the game got taken off the boards on Sunday morning. When it was reposted, there was a two-point adjustment upwards from that that line movement, such such that the Bears... Uh, which had been taken off at four and a half, were put back up at six and a half point road favorites, and subsequently bet up to seven and a half. And the final one is the is an interesting one for the Monday night game this coming week, the final Monday night game of the season: Buffalo at New England. Uh, of course, last week Buffalo on Saturday clinched the AFC East for the first time in uh, more than a decade, uh, dethroning New England. And on Sunday, New England lost at Miami, uh, therefore being eliminated from all playoff contention for the uh, first time in, in, in more than a decade and only the second time since they began their Super Bowl run back in 2001. Last week, the advance line actually had Buffalo a four-and-a-half-point road favorite, and the early action came in on New England such that when the game was taken down Sunday, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, yeah, Sunday morning, it was not affected by the uh, Buffalo game. Uh, Buffalo was down to a four-point road favorite. After the action of uh, Buffalo and New England that I just mentioned, when the game was reposted on Sunday uh, evening, Buffalo was made a six-and-a-half-point road favorite and is subsequently bet up to seven. And what I wanted to note there and what I sort of mentioned before when I talked about Week 16, Buffalo, by clinching the AFC East, uh, they 
uh, it doesn't matter whether they finish seated second or third uh, or or fourth in the uh, in the AFC. They're now going to have to play on a wild card weekend. They might choose to rest some players on Monday night. Uh, yeah, it's New England, but the game means absolutely nothing. Uh, that's a, I was very surprised by that line move, given the fact that Buffalo uh, could probably use a bye week of its own in Week 17, with the game really not having much in the way of implications. Because, uh, as you know, uh, most players, most coaches, most personnel in NFL teams don't care where they are seated if it does not involve getting a bye Rather, they're just concerned about getting into the playoffs. And as a division winner, they know they're going to host a playoff game. So that Monday night adjustment and subsequent move, a little bit surprising. Not saying Buffalo won't win this game 31-10, to 10, but uh, I know for me, I'll be looking at taking the points if Buffalo indeed decides to uh, rest some players. Week 17, in the past, we've not had Week 17 lines because of the uncertainty as uh, which teams had clinched, which teams were playing out the string and rest everybody, which teams uh, needed to win to make the playoffs. And uh, perhaps they've put the lines up this week, A, because it's become a very popular feature, and B, because of the two extra teams that are making the playoffs this year, more games should be meaningful. Uh, All games will be played in Week 17 on the final Sunday of the uh, season. Uh, no Sunday night game, at least as of right now. They may make a change on that. But looking at the lines that they have posted over at the Westgate, all division games, as you mentioned earlier, Mark. Philadelphia at home favored by four over the Washington football team. Washington, another team that can conf- conf- uh, clinch their division title in Week 16 this weekend uh, with a win over Carolina and a Giants loss or tie at Baltimore. Indianapolis will host Jacksonville, the Colts 12.5-point home favorites. Green Bay at Chicago, the Packers five-and-a-half-point road favorites. The Giants favored at home by three-and-a-half over Dallas. Cleveland, a four-point home favorite over Pittsburgh. Tennessee is favored four-and-a-half on the road at Houston. New Orleans favored by six-and-a-half on the road at Carolina. New England, a ten-point home favorite over the New York Jets. Minnesota favored by three-and-a-half at Detroit. Atlanta at Tampa Bay, where the Bucks are seven-and-a-half-point home favorites. Baltimore favored by 12.5 on the road at Cincinnati. Buffalo, a 5.5-point home favorite over Miami. Kansas City, a 3-point home favorite over the L.A. Chargers. Uh, This game in Glendale, Arizona, the San Francisco 49ers' temporary home. And Seattle, a a 6.5-point road favorite, uh, although I will chart it as a neutral favorite over San Francisco. Denver, a 3-point home favorite over the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Los Angeles Rams, four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Arizona Cardinals. And a couple of things to point out with these advanced lines. A, if you have season win totals or divisional uh, uh, futures, you could use Week 17 as a hedge. And number two, if you have a strong opinion on what you think might happen this weekend in Week 17, and you're here in Nevada, where you can bet either in person or on your mobile app these lines at the Westgate, if you have a strong opinion on what you think will happen in Week 16, you can then, I won't say parlay because I don't necessarily mean put the two bets together, but you can make a wager on Week 17 at a number that is almost certainly to be more favorable than the one that will come up Sunday afternoon if what you expect to happen on on this weekend in the NFL indeed occurs the way you expect it to. So there are several opportunities available with these advanced lines in Week 17 because so much will change as far as situation between Week Week 16 and Week 17 once Week 16 games are played.
Andy Isco with a review of exactly what's happened with those numbers that Jay Carnegie put out in Las Vegas as we prepare for this weekend's games and the final week of the season next week. And Andy, before I let you go, I know our listeners would love to know what you've got on tap for your complimentary play on the football card this week. I don't know if it gets into that Miami-Buffalo game that you referred to or you've got another game instead. Well, the Miami-Buffalo game is going to be the uh, uh, the, the game – uh, in week 17, you, I think you may be referring to the uh, the Buffalo-New England game on Monday night where I talked about uh, Buffalo uh, having clinched the division and possibly it, exactly, players. But exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go in another game that uh, fits into the category of clinching a division and possibly resting and taking that time off in week 17 uh, because you know you're going to be playing in week 18 because you're not going to be a top seed. And that's the game between Washington and uh, Carolina. Uh, despite the loss to Seattle, Washington still leads the NFC East as coach uh, Ron Rivera prepares to face the team that fired him following last season, the Carolina Panthers. Now, for the uh, uh, Washington's uh, quarterback Alex Smith and running back Antonio Gibson missed last week's game, as did Carolina running back Christian McCaffrey. All are questionable this week, and of course we heard the other day the situation surrounding Dwayne Haskins and a post-game party where he went maskless. He took ownership of it, apologized to the coach, apologized to the team. So uh, things may be okay within the organization. There may be some actions or fines coming about, and there's also talk that Smith w- is making progress towards being available for that game. Uh, as I mentioned, all uh, uh, Smith, Gibson, and McCaffrey are all questionable, although with nothing to play for, it would make sense for Carolina to just shut down McCaffrey for the past two games they actually didn't have much success when he was in early in the season uh, for the uh, Panthers. Both teams rank in the bottom third of the league as far as offense, uh, total offense and points scored. But whereas Carolina is average defensively in those categories, Washington is number four in total defense and number five in scoring different defense, defense, excuse me, eight of Washington's last 10 games have seen 43 or fewer total points scored. So uh, I could make a nice case for the under in this game as well. However, uh, looking at the way these teams' seasons have uh, uh, have unfolded, they've been heading in opposite directions for more than a month. After starting 3-2, and two, the Panthers have lost eight of their last nine. After starting 1-5 and five and 2-7, and seven, Washington's won four of its last five. And as I mentioned in the rundown, a win this week over Carolina clinches the NFC East for uh, Washington if the Giants lose or tie in Baltimore. And thus, if that indeed does occur, Washington game next week against Philadelphia, one of the three teams in the NFC East technically uh, in contention and rooting for Washington to lose this week. But if Washington does win, uh, they are NFC East champs with, uh, well, would uh, possibly be a record. They could possibly finish uh, eight and eight. But uh, nonetheless, I look for Washington to cover what is right now a little bit under a field goal, and I'd be comfortable laying up to a field goal with Washington at home against Carolina. Andy, on the Washington football team, Andy, when you announced the game, I was waiting to see if that foopaw would happen about their nickname, but it did not, to your credit. The Washington football team, as Andy side in this football game for his complimentary play on the show this week. And with that, Andy, I want to thank you once again for a great job on the show. As always, best of luck to you this week, and we'll look forward to visiting with you next week here on our final edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread next week. Thank you, Mark. I want to wish uh, all of your listeners and uh, you, Victor, your families, etc. Again, 
a very uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday season, whichever holiday you happen to celebrate, and uh, early wishes for uh, a happy, healthy, safe uh, uh, 2021, which we can make official wishes uh, next week. We'll do just that. Best of luck again, Andy. That was Andy Esco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, we'll put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle on the NFL football card, along with complimentary plays from Victor and myself, when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in Games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome, awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in the NFL this week. On Sunday, we call it Home at Last. And what we're looking to do is to play on any NFL division dog in its final home game of the season. If they won five or more games last year and they're seeking revenge against a 500 or less opponent in this game. These home-at-last division dogs in their final home game of the season in this role since 1980 are 16-7-1 against the spread. That's a rock-solid 70% winning angle. Our home-at-last play this Sunday will be on the Dallas Cowboys when they host the Philadelphia Eagles. With that, I'm going to hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this weekend. And Victor, if you do the honors and share with our listeners out there your complimentary play as well. Absolutely. I definitely agree with Andy. I'm going to make it a point to take a look at the Washington team at home and Mark's play on the Dallas Cowboys as well. We mentioned that the divisional underdogs went a perfect 6-0 and last week in the NFL. So uh, I'm in with you guys. Definitely all in. And for this week's free play, we're going to we're going to give the ball to Tuco again. And why not? Tuco is off yet another winner. Last week it was over 27 and a half points for the Kansas City Chiefs. They scored 32. Tuco cashed that winner basically one minute into the fourth quarter. And uh, I got to tell you, his uh, goal for 2020 is now in reach. With a current record of 11 and 4 thus far this season in the team totals plays, Tuco wants to duplicate the results of last year's outstanding rookie season in which he went 13-4 and overall. That'll require two wins to finish this season. And this week, win number one comes as Tuco is playing the Arizona Cardinals to go over their team total of 26.5 points as they host the 49ers at home. Now, believe it or not, the most productive and prolific offense at home this season it's not the KC Chiefs, it's not the Packers, or the Vikings, or the Chargers, or the Titans, or the Seahawks. It's the Arizona Cardinals, 
426.7 yards per game at home this season, 30.6 points per game. And again, that's where Tuco's going in the Saturday afternoon game against the Niners. You know, the Cardinals had a league-high 526 offensive yards in last week's win over the Eagles. They've now scored 27 or more points in eight of their last 10 games. And one thing I noticed when I researched this particular game is if the opposing Niners have one Achilles heel on defense, it's the fact that they do struggle against good passing teams. San Francisco has already allowed 34 points per game this season against the top 12 passing offenses in the league. It looks like quarterback Kyler Murray is back in his early season prime form. We're not going to be going over for the game, but Tuco is going over for the Arizona Cardinals. Over 26.5 points. We're playing with King's best friend. He's going to do it again this week on Saturday afternoon. And also, let's not forget, it's newsletter nirvana time at Playbook. Playbook football newsletters got NFL coverage, bowl games galore. Total's tip sheet is enjoying a very hot month in the month of December. And as Mark mentioned, the midweek alert this week is part one of our two-part bowl preview. All newsletters, of course, available at playbook.com. As is our uh, three-game over package in the NFL. That will be available on Wednesday night at playbook.com, in which we are going over the total in three games, a Sunday NFL action. If you like playing the overs, you're going to want to take a look at this particular package. Again, it will be available at playbook.com. Uh, happy holidays to all, Mark, you and Colleen, of course, everybody at the Playbook family, uh, health, happiness, football, we can't beat that. And again, Tuco playing the Cardinals over 26 and a half points. The Red Hot Tuco on the Cardinals over the total, the Arizona Cardinals over the total for his complimentary play on the show this week. And once again, I want to remind our listeners to hop on board for Victor's three-game over package going Sunday in the NFL right on the heels of his five-star over Game of the Month play winner last week as well. Before I get to my complimentary play on the football card this week, our friends at mybookie.ag asked me to remind you once again about the up to $1,000 sign-up bonus available at mybookie.ag just in time for the holidays. You can get up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus when you log on now at mybookie.ag and use the promo code PLAYBOOK. Or call them toll-free. The number is 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 to get your up to $1,000 sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. And a quick note here that my five-star College Bowl Game of the Month will be released this week. It's part of a $99 football week of winners, including every college and pro football play I make starting Saturday through next Thursday. Bowl games and NFL games, including the five-star college bowl game of the month, just $99 complete. To take advantage, log on at playbook.com or call me toll-free or get on board at 1-800-321-7777. And with that, my complimentary play on the upcoming college bowl card, we're going to hop over to the first responder bowl Saturday and play the points with Texas San Antonio UTSA against Louisiana Lafayette. Lafayette comes into this football game with a lot of credentials, unquestionably, but a very disappointed football team in that they had the opportunity 
to take down undefeated Coastal Carolina in the Sun Belt Championship game, but the game was ultimately postponed because of a COVID situation. Feeling disappointed, they hop instead into the first responder bowl, noting that Sun Belt Bowl favorites are just 3-7 and seven straight up, 1-9 and nine to the spread when they're coming off a win and cover their previous game. In Texas-San Antonio, you've got a team that's really good as an underdog, 9-3 and three to the spread their last 12, taking points, including 5-1 and one the last six as a double-digit dog. We'll grab up the points with the Roadrunners from Texas-San Antonio for a complimentary play on the show this week. And once again, I want to wish everybody out there a very Merry Christmas. I hope Santa is good to you this weekend. Enjoy the food, the fun, and the family this week. We'll come back next week with our final Against the Spread show here on the podcast for the 2020 football season. Until then, I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco, joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.